This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. With a meeting of G20 nations this weekend and also COP26 taking place next week, there's been lots of talk of summits of late. So we reckon it's time for us to just take a step back for you and we've handpicked a few of the big meetings of world leaders that Australia is involved with each year to give you the context around each. We start with the one, as I said, that's happening this weekend, the G20, and then get you across some of the others in our region that at certain times of the year get a lot of attention. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. All right, Claire, global summits are just meetings of world leaders. They happen quite regularly, but each year for Australia, there are a few on the calendar. One that's happening this weekend and that's getting the most attention is the Group of 20 or the G20 Summit. Yeah, Scott Morrison is jetting off to that this week. It's in Rome uh, because Italy currently has the presidency of the G20. G20 is the group and the G20 summit is the annual meeting. It's attended by leaders from countries with the largest and the fastest growing economies with members accounting for 85% of the world's economic activity and two thirds of its population. Go on, Claire. Let's have them list all the countries. Here we go. (laughs) Strap yourself in. Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Canada, China, France, Germany, India, Indonesia, Italy, Japan, the Republic of Korea, uh, Mexico, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Turkey, the United Kingdom, the United States and the European Union. So it's a big (laughs) meeting. Well done. It sure is. Organisers can also choose to invite non-member countries along as guests. Spain, for example, nearly always gets a gig. Yeah, they do. And when you say organisers, the group has no permanent staff of its own. So every December, a G20 country from a rotating region takes on that presidency that I referred to earlier. The country is then responsible for organising the next summit, uh, as well as the smaller meetings that hang off it for the coming year. Uh, The last time that Australia had the presidency of the G20 was back in 2014, and that was under Prime Minister Tony Abbott, and it was her in Brisbane. The famous meeting where his shirt fronted Vladimir Putin over the downing of that MH17 flight. Who can forget it? <laughs> Claire, the G20 was formed in 1999. Initially, just finance ministers met. Yeah, so it was after the Asian financial crisis that the existing group of eight, which is the G8 club of the world's richest economies, it decided that they needed to expand to include fast-growing economies like China, Brazil and Saudi Arabia. And the thinking was that they needed a bigger group to improve communications between advanced and emerging economies. And then, of course, the global financial crisis hit in 2008. Mm. And since then, it's been an annual meeting of world leaders, not just those finance ministers. It's funny when you think about it, really. It's kind of like a party. They all get together, they have a meal, and then they branch off into side meetings. And who's chatting with who is the subject of much gossip. As I said, they even have dinner together. And of course, the official photo. Yep. 
the official photo is always quite a thing. <laughs> uh, watching the body language between the leaders, how the handshakes go or whether they're elbow bumping. Uh, it's the best type of theatre if you're a political junkie. It is. You mentioned the G8, Claire. That's the group of eight. They have another big annual meeting, although it's now the G7. We'll just touch on this one because Australia isn't a permanent member. No, we're not, but we do get invited to it. And listeners might remember Scott Morrison headed along this year. It was in the UK. And yes, it was the G8 until 2014 when Russia was booted out over its annexation of Crimea. So now it comprises of Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK and the United States. And it was started in the 1970s as a forum to talk about the global economy. But since then, it's been tackling all sorts of issues from trade and security to climate change and, of course, of late, responding to the global pandemic. Those are the G's, Claire, the groups of. There are a few other big summits that Australia is front and centre of, and that's because they're specific to our region. Let's get into those next. Let's start with APEC, the Asia-Pacific Economic Forum. No prizes, Claire, for guessing what part of the world its members come from. Yeah, that one's a little bit obvious, isn't it? (laughs) It has 21 members. Here we go again. Australia (laughs) and New Zealand, uh, China, all the way up to Russia, uh, across to the United States. And there's lots of countries, of course, in between. Uh, It was set up in 1989. It was a pretty hectic time. It was the end of the Cold War. The Soviet Block was also opening up, and that was when the World Trade Organization and the European Union were also both established. And what APEC was about was facilitating trade. Yeah, so when you think APEC, think trade. Claire, hundreds of APEC events are hosted over a year, and that all culminates in the APEC leaders meeting. That's right. And some might think of that as the meeting where the leaders wear the funny shirts. And that's because (laughs) there's always a family photo of leaders wearing shirts chosen by that host country. Some of them are quite wacky. Uh, But what it is actually about is a place for those economies to connect and lay the foundations for things like free trade agreements and also get countries thinking ahead and sharing ideas that benefit business, people and those economies across the region. Australia is a founding member of APEC, Claire. We last hosted in 2007. A certain incident took place at APEC that year in Sydney. It's become quite famous or infamous? <laughs> infamous, yeah. It yeah. was um, the centre of Sydney that was locked down and a team from the Chaser uh, was able to drive through that security with fake passes and one of the guys were dressed as Osama bin Laden. So it was a huge embarrassment to Australia's security efforts. If you don't know about that, it's worth a Google. It was especially controversial given the political climate at the time around the war on terror. It was a whole thing. That's APEC Claire, putting the microscope even closer on our region, there's the East Asia Summit. There is, and that's made up of 18 member countries. It's a bit of an offshoot of ASEAN, which is the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. Just another group to add to the list? It sure is, and it includes, I think we need a drum roll, let's go. Okay. (laughs) Brunei, Cambodia, Indonesia, Laos, Malaysia, Myanmar, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, 
and then Australia, China, India, Japan, New Zealand, South Korea, Russia and the United States join that East Asia Summit each year. And it's about the political, security, economic challenges that face that Indo-Pacific region. There are some pretty hot topics, not least of all China's claim in the South China Sea. ASEAN Claire, they chair the East Asia Summit. And fun fact, the chair position rotates between ASEAN member states annually in alphabetical order. Brunei has the gig this year and ASEAN nations are actually meeting this week. Yeah, I guess they have to work it out somehow. It seems like a alphabetical order is a good way to go. <laughs> they do. Talking about ASEAN and the East Asia Summit, Claire, that brings us to the Quad. It's a very small strategic group that complements ASEAN. Australia is part of it. Let's get into that next. The Quad is officially the Quadrilateral Security Dialogue. Sounds very fancy. It's all a bit jargony, but as the name suggests, it is a dialogue, so a place for discussion, not a formal alliance. Yeah, that's right. And its members are Australia, India, Japan and the United States. Not a big list, unfortunately. I was having quite fun (laughs) with those. And yeah, it's not a formal alliance. They might not say it, though. It's actually a counterpoint to the rise of China in the Indo-Pacific. It Mm. was loose formed in 2007 at the suggestion of the then Prime Minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, uh, but it was put on ice after China got really cranky about it. He called it a clique. Uh, <laughs> and it was resurrected in 2017 with the aim to support a free, open and inclusive Indo-Pacific region. As I said, it's set up to support ASEAN. As you alluded to as well, Claire, each member has something in common, a very keen wariness of China in the region. Yeah, and that, of course, has been growing and this year culminated in the first in-person meeting of Quad leaders. You might remember Scott Morrison was in the United States just a month ago for that get-together. A summit, Claire. (laughs) Another summit, that's right. (laughs) And what came out of that meeting was a lot of shared language about the Quad's commitment to a free and open Indo-Pacific. There was quite a bit said about standing up for values that we believe in uh, and these democratic nations would stand together, Scott Morrison said, uh, to resist any suggestion or any pressure that would come on any of us to be anything different than what we are. Prime Minister Scott Morrison's words as you say. That brings us neatly to the final one we'll touch on today, and that's because it has a cool name. We've got to do it. (laughs) It's a bit different from the others, as it's an intelligence sharing arrangement. It's called Five Eyes. I always thought it should be Ten Eyes, because surely each country has two eyes. It's a very good point, actually. It's called the Five Eyes, (laughs) and it includes the United States, the UK, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. There's no summits there, but there is a lot going on. Uh, It evolved during the Cold War as a mechanism for monitoring the Soviet Union and also for sharing classified intelligence. And it's often described as the world's most successful intelligence alliance. And again, China has been the recent centre of attention there too. Yeah, it sure has been. And a lot of what they do is in secret. But what has been very publicly canvassed were plans for those nations to roll out their 5G mobile networks. Uh, China's Huawei was in the running to participate in the rollout in those nations. Uh, They're a big provider of equipment for those sorts of things. And the issue was about China getting access to data and communications transmitted via that technology 
and whether it could actually ultimately land in the hands of the Chinese government. We've done a squeeze shortcut on Huawei, which covers all of this. It was a very big story a couple of years ago. Yeah, it sure was, as was the United Kingdom's decision to allow Huawei to participate in that rollout after pressure from the Five Eyes nations, though it decided to overturn that. And that was yet another irritant to China on a long list of irritants. Yeah, China and its rise is going to be front and centre of all those forums, all those summits we mentioned for some years to come. You know what? That's your shortcut to the what's what of summits. On to our recommendations. Claire, each episode of Squish Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. I've pipped you at the post for this one. Can't go past (laughs) a gallery of the funniest APEC outfits. It's well worth a browse. Some of the things they're asked to wear. (laughs) Interesting. You totally stole mine. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of meetings involved in these forums. So I've included a link to a very important Harvard Business Review article. It's called Why Your Meetings Stink and What You Can Do About It. Do you think world leaders have a little look at this before they they head off? I'm sure there's many thoughts that this meeting could have been an email. (laughs) Thanks for listening in. If you like what you've heard, please tell people about our shortcuts. It's always great to hear that someone's been recommended one of them or a friend's told you about them or you shared it with your family. It's the number one way we grow, so we really do appreciate it. If you have a request for a shortcut, send us an email to hello at thesqueeze.com.au. Until next week. (laughs) 